Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we're back with another episode of the Lakers Fast Break podcast. It's Gerald Glassroot coming right back at you here from Lakers Fast Break. Pop Culture Cosmos, where we cover the latest news and trends in pop culture each and every week, twice a week, wherever you get your podcasts. Plus also as well, of course, Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Hopefully we gave you the best advice you can get for your fantasy football team. And you can only find that each and every week right here. Inside Sports Fantasy Football, wherever you get your podcasts. Of course, also as well, go ahead and check out Joe Soros, Ox1947. There you go, at LakersBall.com. Also as well, check out his company, Symblades, SimbladesWithAY.com, if you're in Southern California and you need a new lawn today, go ahead and get it transformed with Symblades, SimbladesWithAY.com. Also as well, our good friends as well, Laker Tom and Jamie Sweet, Mr. Five Things, Jamie Sweet, and the number one Lakers blogger that's out there, Laker Tom. They were here yesterday going back and forth. See them going back and forth all week long at Lakerholics.com. Also, our good friends as well. Want to give a big shout out to Empire Jeff TV, Lakers in Five, and of course, the John McCallion channel. Go ahead and follow all those great channels onto YouTube as they talk about the Lakers, NBA, and so much more. Go ahead and share them today. Get the word out on those great channels and subscribe. And speaking of subscribing, click on the Little Joe. That's right. The Little Joe next to Magic Man. Magic Man's not scared yet, which is a good thing. So go ahead and click them on today. There you go. And get the latest notifications on when we go live on the air. We're over 1,060 subscribers now. We truly appreciate it, but we're looking for more. So go ahead and help us out today by subscribing to us right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Han Solo Dolo, there you go. Great name, but uh, LeBron was just put out for rest. Uh, He played on Friday night, so I guess it looks like that they just wanted to go ahead and rest him. Hopefully he will play in the final exhibition season game, which is coming up on Thursday. So today, LeBron did sit out the game along with Austin Reeves, Gabe Vincent, Jared Vanderbilt, and JHS, yes, JHS bumped knees in the Friday game, so they held him out as precaution. 
Jared Vanderbilt is out the entire preseason with his heel issue. Gabe Vincent with his back. Austin Reese because just trying to give him rest as well after his busy summer. So with the Milwaukee Bucks in town, does that mean with Giannis Antetokounmpo and Damian Lillard would mean like a route would be in hand? No, absolutely not. The first quarter was back and forth, and the Lakers actually with a strong performance from Anthony Davis with 16 points and seven rebounds and two block shots, five assists as well. D'Angelo Russell continuing his strong play with the exhibition season with 11 points. And of course, also as well, Tayshaun Prince, two of five from behind the arc, eight points, two rebounds. They held a, a small lead at the end of the first quarter. By halftime, though, Milwaukee started to go ahead and take over against the lack of depth for the Lakers because of so many names out of the lineup. And in the second half, it was basically sit down the guys that were playing the majority of the minutes in the first half and bring on the rookies and bring on the young players and bring on the back-end rotation guys. Give them a chance to play as we got a healthy dose of Max Christie, 4 of 10, 10 points. Scotty Pippen Jr., Got a real good look today. Nine points, six assists. Uh, had some nice no-look passes. Unfortunately, four of nine from the free throw line. Has to work on that. And two of nine overall from the field. Cam Reddish. We got a taste of Cam Reddish coming back after the ankle injury. Ten points for him. But it wasn't enough as the Lakers fall short. 108 to 97. They are now two and three on the exhibition season. And here today to discuss the good things that happen in that first quarter, especially good man. Indeed. you got to go ahead and check him out. It's Ox1947 at LakersBall.com. It is Joe Sorrow and Joe want to focus much of the attention on Anthony Davis uh, looking really good in the lineup against a, a really good pairing of Damian Lillard and Giannis Antetokounmpo. Those two, even in just such little time together seem to be clicking very well. And I was very impressed by that, but you also have to be impressed the way D'Angelo and also Anthony Davis played in that first quarter today. The continued ball movement and good play is 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 continuing, I should say. And Milwaukee kept their rotational players in a little longer than I thought they would. Maybe they wanted to get a little taste of a win, even if it was a preseason game. But uh, even the young guys showed a lot of muster and uh played very very well in the second half especially in the fourth quarter so i'll commend i'll commend the young guys as well they tried to do the best they could it's just unfortunate that their skill sets are not going to be uh, up to par for, <laughs> with the with the uh, mainstays but uh played uh the way i believe he will benefit this team uh, all year a lot of energy what we call in the NFL is a pressure court. They like to, you know, people like numbers. So they keep track of quarterback pressures now in the NFL. Uh, AD has a lot of, I had to use an analogy on that. AD has a lot of uh, pressure blocks. You know, they're not really blocks because I can't tell you how many times that guy puts his hand up and either blocks the shot or I think I, I would at least think he blocked the shot or distracts the shot, yet he could do that 10 times a game and he only have one block. Like, I don't know what, what the deal with that is, but it seems like tonight was one of those nights. But I 
I'm I'm still very happy right now with where they're at. Let's finish up against Phoenix and let's get ready for the regular season because I think everybody's ready. Also here today, good man indeed. You got to go ahead and check him out anytime he's here. He's the man man from Toronto. He did get out of Toronto traffic to join us on today's game. It is the magic man, Sean Grice. And Sean, great to have you here. The divisiveness over SPJ is already there. Scotty Pippen Jr. <laughs> Some people say he should be replacing JHS. Others say he absolutely sucks. So uh, he isn't the best shooter in the world. I will say that honestly, but you know, tried to initiate the offense and at times did a very good job of that. Uh, still has the no-look pass in him quite a bit. Sometimes the decision-making is a little bit eh, off on there as well. But overall, he gave you some really good hustle today, played hard on the defensive end. I give him credit for that. But his size and shooting ability may be a, may may very well work against him. Absolutely, Gerald. You know, that – that's going to be the bugaboo and the flying movement is that if you're not making buckets, pretty much going to find yourself on the bench. Um, between Max Christie tonight and Scotty Pippa Jr., they were 6 of 19 from the field. Um, not going to get it done. And uh, I Especially applaud that Scottie. from the line, he was absolutely awful. He was bad from the line, 4 for 9 from the line. Um, look, in all honesty, Scotty Pippen Jr. plays with a lot of heart. He does. He plays with a lot of heart. Uh, he's the one guy I see running for loose balls on the floor. And he's trying to he's trying to gut it out with his size, uh, boxing out, even though he's not very good at it. It's still it's still an attempt. You have to give him credit for that. But Gerald, like you said, the problem is the sh- jump shooting. It's not there. And Joe was right too. Joe um, pointedly stated that he's a lot better than he was last year, and that's true. I just think better is still not good enough, and I think we all agree with that. Not on two-way this year, um, so he doesn't necessarily have the luxury of um, being invited to uh, the South Bay Lakers, Gerald. Even though I think that's where he'll end up. And um, I think JHS is going to be joining him, Gerald, because how many minutes did JHS get tonight? Uh, well, he's hurt. JHS, but he was hurt. Yeah, he's hurt. Yeah, he was hurt. But regardless, uh, it's got to hurt. It, it, it means that uh, Scotty Pippen Jr. and JHS, I think, are going to get uh, some time together in the G League. Well, one will back up the other when it comes to point guard status, and you know. I'm sure SPJ will be the regular point guard there at, at at South Bay, but JHS has to play down there. He has to be sent down there a lot because there's a lot that JHS needs to work on. Joe, you're shaking your head. Uh, is there a reason why? The 17th pick is not supposed to be playing in the G League. Well, he's not going to get very, very many reps sitting on the bench at the end of the bench for the Lakers. I'll leave it at that. I don't disagree with you. I don't disagree with you at all. Yeah, but no one disagrees I don't, don't want to. I don't want to sabotage this preseason game with you. With the JHS for yeah, someone, not, yeah, for someone that. who didn't even play in today's game. Right. I, and I the agree. fact that somebody banged his knee on something—I don't know what the, what the hell that means—but play through it, dude. Come on, bang the knees, really? I played. I didn't miss a play playing with a playing with a broken hand at the center position. You can't play basketball with a little banged up knee. Come on. Kobe played with a softball on his knee. I hope so, Jeff. I don't. I'm not confident in the shot. It the form does not look good. 
right now, Jeff. Uh, so I'm hoping he will get the opportunity to fix it, work with the coaches behind the scenes to, to do something because right now it just does not look good at all. So maybe you're right. It'll look good in a couple of years, but right now we need him uh, more to, if we're going to go ahead and go far to, you know, we need all the depth we can, can need all the players that can be able to play quality minutes, Sean, but yes, let's not have JHS hijack this show as well, because again, he didn't even play in today's game. SPJ did showed a lot of heart, but I want to get back to the starting lineup again. Torian Prince, really solid game again. Three-pointers gave you two of five. 40%. Mr. 40% once again. I have a feeling he's solidifying his starting status in the lineup, my friend. I agree. I'm not sure what his percentage is over these last four games, but it's got to be in that ballpark. I think so, Gerald. Even though we talked about a player you know, honestly shouldn't lose their, their job to injury. Looks like he's, like you said, solidifying his spot as a fifth starter. Um, even, even against, even against the quicker twitchy wings, we still, I still think we've got uh, the back line of a really strong defense um, uh, with AD. So, uh, you know, I, I think it'll be a touch and go at first, but yeah, I really like Prince as a starter. It's a natural fit. And also the fact that, you know, you just, you've come around on that, Sean, from you don't lose your spot because of an injury all the way to now. It looks kind of like it because Vando hasn't played the entire or will not play the entire exhibition season due to that heel issue. And I think it's going to, they're going to take some time getting it back into the lineup. Yeah, Gerald, I, you know, makes sense, right? You uh, yeah. prioritize durability over, uh, yeah, over productivity. Uh, I mean, and Vando, when he's in there, never know what you're going to get. It's a box of chocolates with him sometimes. Um, but it looks like with Prince, we're getting the uh, we're getting the goods. Gerald, he's hitting his open shots. Um, he's played well defensively, so I, I think it'll just be just be a. I, I think it's a a fait accompli now that uh, he's going to be that fifth starter. Um, and the Lakers did say that, uh, even though he's, uh, he's shut down for the rest of the preseason, it's unknown whether he's, uh, gonna play opening night, Gerald. I would guess, you know, you say that everyone says these injuries linger. That'll be well over almost three weeks since he's last hit a basketball court. So if this is really... A lingering injury then yeah you're going to really count on prince even more i really think so i think that he solidified a starting lineup joe your thoughts on torian prince uh, again pretty solid again 40 percent from behind the arc it's what you need right i am thoroughly amazed at how good he is he it's not just the shot making and his improved defense it's his overall just flow in, in the game uh when I first heard he was getting run in the starting in the starting lineup during during training camp, I I was really like that was the first thought in my head, really. And then the next thought was, is he is he making those shots? And he is. He's making those shots, and he's playing good defense. And it's I I I just. I guess we should give Darvin Ham some credit that 
he actually went into training camp letting these guys decide who wants to play, who wants to start. And it's looking like that's what it's going to be. So that's a good thing. I, I, I think that's with that, so with that being solidified, that means every it seems it, it does mean that the team is understands who they are. They understand the roles. They understand that there's something here that's eight months away, something that could be big. So from that standpoint, guys, you get a feel right watching the game. You can you can just get the feel. I know the Lakers have lost. Uh, three games here in the preseason. But preseason is not usually always about wins and losses, even though I do prefer to win just because you like to have that feeling of winning. It helps with the with the enthusiasm. But they've lost uh, most of these games because they've decided to take out their players. And when the, when the, when the main players were in there, they had pretty good leads. In this case, today, they really didn't – I mean, they had a lead at the beginning of the, the, beginning of the game, but then it kind of dwindled in the second in the second quarter. Uh, but, again, it did give me reassurance that if the, the Lakers were playing uh, their starters a little bit more, just like Milwaukee did, they probably would have won this game. But their, their, their flow, uh, their, their ball movement, their shot making is there already. The only problem is – the rebounding is starting to become a concern. Uh, I agree. It, 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 and it's not what I felt last year was the ball seemed to always bounce the other way. I don't know what the hell happened last year, but it always seemed like every time the ball bounced off that rim, it bounced right in the hands of the opponent. This time it's not doing that. This time it's dying right in front of the uh, rim and the Lakers are not boxing out in any way. And you got these little rugrats that are coming in and getting the rebound. Uh, I don't know if they're concerned about transition defense, but Darvin Ham has to work on that. He definitely has to work on that. And if he's not going to solve that problem, they better make their shots on the other end. Otherwise, they're going to find themselves being very, very frustrated. I think the first five to six minutes of the game, they already had five offensive rebounds, meaning uh, Milwaukee. That's way too much. That's and with Bobby Portis, they're a really good offensive rebound team. So you have to keep them. You have to space, pay special attention to them on the boards. Well, you're going to run into any team that's going to contend for a title this year. It's going to have good offensive rebounders and tall players and long players, i.e. Jokic, Durant, uh, players that are known for their length. So uh, they're going to have to get under, you know, just like how Philly – does the does the what do they call it, Sean? Go I can't ahead. hear you. You're you're on mute. The tush push. The tush push. I wanted you to say it. So the tush push. Why is that so effective? Sure, it hurts. Squats six hundred pounds, but Kelsey and the boys they get under there. They get under there because those guys are some of them are bigger than them, right? But if you get under your opponent. And your be- and your guys like Kelsey who can bench probably 400, 500 pounds, and then you got a guy who can squat six hundred. Then you just push, push. Guys got to box out by pushing those tall guys out and letting the ball drop if that's how it's going to be. So that's that's the only negative that's been consistent during training camp. Uh, hopefully they can fix it uh, before the season starts, or I should say, as the season is prolonged. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com. 
and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. Uh, so you would watch The Tomorrow War before The Matrix? Yes. If you forced me down, I was tied into a chair and I had to watch one thing, I would say The Matrix Resurrections. Really? Funny. Yeah, because of all the cutscenes, I could remember what a good movie was like. <laughs> well played, sir. Well played. Yes, that's the only reason for the flashbacks, to remind you what a good Matrix movie was. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, the Lakers do unfortunately lose 108 to 97. Lakers are now two and three in the exhibition season. It's Joe Sorrell along with Magic Man Sean Grice to meet Gerald Glasser. Thanks so much for watching and listening. Want to ask you this, Sean, when it comes to the Los Angeles Lakers, uh, we'll get into a little bit of the Milwaukee Bucks because Laker Nick wanted our opinions on that on, on the air to find out his our thoughts on that. But when it comes to what you saw tonight, Christian Wood in the starting lineup didn't give you a whole lot. Rui, okay, four of nine. Uh, plus one in 17 minutes, but were you expecting something more out of Christian Wood given this time he was going to get 23 minutes in the starting lineup tonight? Well, you would think given his play over the past couple games, yes, Gerald, uh, I guess it's preseason. Uh, I guess it's to be expected. Uh, I will say this, though. I, you know, it, it's, it's, we really do need, Joe emphasized it, perfectly we talked about it yesterday as well Gerald the fact is that even when he go he goes big he you still got a problem here so below the three throw line there's at least three or four Lakers who are surrounding the basket yet nobody could secure a defensive rebound we had that problem last year too even after the trade that we made the transition defense was just piss poor after that and uh, it improved a little bit uh, with with uh, Memphis and uh, Gold State, but it hit the uh, hit the uh, mud uh, with Denver. And like Joe said, that that's an issue. Twenty three minutes, four boards. I need I need more. I need more. You know, I don't need. You I, need more, man. More. I don't need Christian Wood having like a ten percent rebound percentage in 23 minutes he needs like 15 to 20 he's got to be grabbing every fifth sixth board that's coming off there gerald especially if we're relying on him as yep. kind of as kind of an anchor back there uh to secure those boards uh, and that was I, one of the things that was advertised you know uh, we had some of our fans you know that were the pro wood supporters this is what he does. He gets you 10 rebounds. He gets you 17 points, you know, when he's in the starting lineup, blah, 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 blah. That's yeah. Heard. Yeah. It's what we heard. It's got it. So I, I really want to see him hit the boards a little harder. I mean, yeah. the shots are going to come and go. Uh, yeah. He wasn't great from, from beyond uh, three point land today and a lot of offensive ISO possessions drilled against, like really tall players like it's really hard to score over brook lopez even though he's 35 and has a bit of a tricky back when he goes like this no matter how tall you are i don't care it's really hard to hit score over him uh over the past four years 
uh, Brooke Lopez uh, has, I believe, you have a 36% uh, floater percentage given up on him. So he's basically either blocking or altering uh, all rim shots pretty much that he can he can handle. Uh, other than that, it was decent performance, though. He's just got to be better on the boards, Gerald. It's got to be better in the boards. You're right, absolutely. Uh, Eric, great to have you here. Absolutely. Thanks so much as well for Lakers World Order. Can't, can't thank you enough for joining us. Oh, oh. Uh, for, there you go. Truly appreciate and, you joining us. Go ahead, Sean. And and Gerald. It's, Raising your hand it, like you're still in Lakers History yeah, 101. Go ahead. My friend. <laughs> well, I just want to add something else. It was interesting. Uh, Adrian Griffin made it a point to actually switch and put make sure Giannis was on Christian Wood. So they actually made a point of emphasis to attack Christian Wood defensively. Gee, tonight. what are the odds of that happening? That's uh, going to happen quite a bit, so people need to get used to it. But, Joe, let me ask you this, my friend. You know, obviously you didn't have all the pieces in place today when it comes to the Lakers, but I want to ask you this. When it comes to what you see from the Lakers in that first quarter, because that's really what you can only take it from what for today's game for the most part. When it comes to the Lakers and, and how they played – AD looks like he's already in midseason form. You got to take a lot of encouragement from that, my friend. Yes, I do. Every start of a game seemed in all five preseason games seemed yes. to be seemed to be the Lakers coming out the gate and and ex- having a lead, having a good lead. And it just it feels like they've been playing for a long time together. That's that's a that's a good sign right now. Where where if this is if this is the kind of effort they're going to show then I think we're in for a treat. I think we're going to be able to solve the issues of the, the Christian Woods playing against big guys by maybe not playing them when there's big a big lineup. Playing when there's a smaller lineup, maybe it'll be more effective that way. The beauty, the beauty of this team's construction is the fact that you can adapt to any style, any size, and that's what the Lakers are going to likely do throughout the season. If you're struggling shooting, then... I could say, and you're playing a smaller team, I guess you can support Darvin Ham and his three-guard lineup. If you're playing a big team that maybe might not be as athletic, let's say, you could probably use some of the some of the guys that might be quick to get to the basket or even use the, the bigs that you have as well. Uh, I know he was a minus 10, but I thought Jackson Hayes played uh, with a lot of energy tonight, had a really, really, really awesome dunk tonight. It's actually the, I'd say it's probably the dunk of the day. Uh a few of those type of games in an 82 game season does help the, the, the team preserve their players. And that right there is ultimately what I would put in the title of this book of the 2023, 2024 Lakers before it ends is preservation. The LA Lakers, 2023, 2024, the year of preservation. If they can do that, especially when it comes to LeBron James and allow, let's say, AD not to have to play hard, hard minutes, 82 games out of the year, at least maybe 60, and then maybe another 10 to 12 easy games, games maybe that he might not be playing the fourth quarter, something like that. Those are the type of things that I'm going to be paying attention to, and the team's talent and youth will play a big part in that. Once again, it's the Lakers fast break. The Lakers do unfortunately lose 108 to 97 in exhibition play. They're now two and three on the exhibition season. 
Next game coming up is Thursday at 7 from Palm Springs. Hopefully it's a little cooler out there than last time I visited, but they are going to have their last game for the exhibition season on Thursday. So please join us Thursday, 7 p.m., playback.tv, Southsakers Fast Break. But also here today, good friend and awesome part of the best Lakers chat room that's out there at the Lakers Fast Break, Zangerstein is here. Zangerstein, como se Great to have you here. Cannot thank you enough for joining us. Your thoughts on the game today, especially the first quarter when the Lakers had AD and D'Angelo and uh, most of the players that are going to be in the good part of rotation playing there, see. Como esta? Ah, uh, mabute. Hey, mabute. guys. Mabute. Well, the first part, um, the first half, I saw that they are kind of linked defensively. I'm not sure did you notice that they are more okay defensively than offensively this game on both sides. It's like Milwaukee is searching for their offense and same with our guys and the Lakers. They're more focused on defense, both both teams. So that's my first thought. Did you saw that? Yes, absolutely. Again, that's something that, uh, you know, point with actually Magic Man, I believe, pointed out during the broadcast on on our playback. So from what I was listening. So, yeah, great, great uh, attention on that. But so let me ask you this, Z, uh, you know, you've got to be encouraged by the play for Anthony Davis and D'Angelo Russell. Each and every exhibition game that they've been in, they've looked extremely good, extremely fluid and ready to go ahead look like they're already ready for the season. Are you encouraged by both of them playing and can they carry it and continue it throughout the regular season? There's a reason why I told you, Gerald, that I'm not concerned with any shooting some, I'm repeating it, some trees. Not every single play, but some. It was like when, for example, on this team, if you saw it on the, on the screen, they are all outside the three-point line. This is a five-out offense. This is not. This is unlike last year. I know that. It means that. that yes. It means that AD as the center. He's playing the center. He's going to come up for a pick and roll, and the lane is always open for him, because all the other guys are outside. So for me, those AD just popping on trees sometimes, it's just to keep him engaged. Because sometimes AD does want to shoot. He doesn't like to go banging every single time. That's the truth. He wants to shoot some jumpers. So you feed him that. You gave him that part. It's not as if he's going to take six trees. I don't believe that. I think the highest he can get is like three, 3.5 per game. So if he's shooting one out of that three, that's 33% still, right? Yes. Well, that's again, still 33%. So I, that's, I wanna, that's just I, it. I, 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 I don't want to argue on that point as far as him being outside. He was one <laughs> but of anyway, three. But they were only 26% from three as a team today. So Yeah, it was bad. It yeah. was bad because the movement is bad. 
But if you saw it, I think the mean that it was, it wasn't that bad if you saw the process of them where they get their three point shots. It was wide open. It's just that it didn't go in. So you, you win some, you lose some. That's how three pointers these days goes. I mean, it comes and goes. Even Prince said to himself that he has not, actually he has not shoot 40% on his trees in his life in the NBA. He's near that number, but he can get to the 40%. He is, by the way, 43% on the corners, but he's not as good when it's on the wings. So that's his goal. But even if he, as a sniper, can't get to it, I, I mean, that's just it. It comes and goes in. I'm more okay with him taking the shot than not taking it. Like for Torian, you need to take that shot if you're open, right? Well, he's statistically a better shooter. He's statistically over the course. Yes, of I get that. I get that. I get that. But the one that you need to engage in is AD. If he, if you're allowing him some reprieve, some to shoot some jumpers, then you're keeping him engaged. It's just like when Rondo was here, and Rondo is like Dilo right now because Dilo, I guess, is a better playmaker than Austin. He's better. He's a better passer and he feeds the guys. He's not like, okay, I'm just gonna hit this jumpers every single time or it's just me and Hayden. No, he knows which player to feed. Okay, you're not. Okay, Wood, shoot some trees right now. He's going to pass it and Wood needs to shoot it. So I think the two-man game of AD and Dilo, I'm not worried about that. It's gonna work. Also, Absolutely. for the for the three-point shot for AD, I think it's much better to use those trees. If I'm, if you're gonna ask me, is when LeBron is the one on the pick and roll, and AD is the one just hanging out. It depends. There are two plays for AD when he is not the one on pick and rolls, because. LeBron is can be can play like Draymond Green, right? So uh, okay. yeah, he's better on the short roll. So for AD, he can be on the dunker spot, which is a four out, or on the three point line if he wants to rest. It's just for rest, not not too much, not using it too much, but still using it. Just for variance, I just want to see some variety of shots from AD than just him going to his play because his play, it's established. It's going to be like that all the time. Oh, and by the way, for the refs, I, I saw this place. There are like three plays wherein they're using this style because AD is tall, right? So they're using the style that small players used on Shaq, if you remember this. This is where you're hipping the player, you're targeting their hip so that they can't jump that much. And that's what Brooke Lopez 
and Giannis are doing to AD, and even Jokic did it a lot. So I hope that the refs saw it because it's a foul. Once again, the Lakers do lose, unfortunately. Uh, 108 to 97. Thanks again, Zangerstein. Truly appreciate you having you here. And hopefully we'll also get word and your thoughts on the WNBA finals later up in the show. Sean, go ahead, my friend. Go, John, what, are you uh, also having uh, roosters and chickens in your background too? As no, well, no, no, no. I was making I was making faces at Joe because he's he's somewhere other than where he needs to be right now. Well, he's probably monitoring to see whether or not Dave Roberts has gotten fired yet. Unfortunately, uh, not I, as of I, yet. Uh, I, if that when that happens, we need to do a short because I think Joe will end up doing like that Irish jig. Yes, that, that Mercer does. Pretty much <laughs> after Absolutely. they win a football game or uh, yeah, go ahead, Joe. Well, I wanted to ask you though, one name we haven't talked about much tonight that did get a lot of run in today's game was Cam Reddish. The theory of Cam Reddish, the guy who was all over Twitter and are actually in our chat since December. The Lakers have got to get him. The Lakers have got to get him. Like, did you see that play? Did you see that play again? A couple of very nice plays, but. I think what Jamie said yesterday was probably the best and most spot on thing that I've ever heard him say about any player. And that is, you know, you see Cam Reddish, you see the fact that, man, he looks like he could really be talented. He looks like a basketball player. And then for every great defensive play he makes against Damian Lillard or for every awesome down the lane, you know, change his hands, change the dribble, uh, you know, and make a basket he plays. You see four other plays that just make you scratch your head. Your thoughts on Cam Reddish's performance today? Again, a very even mix with uneven results. Yeah, I've, um, couldn't have couldn't have succinctly uh, summarized it any uh, solidly than that, Gerald. <laughs> I really thought that was spot on by what. Yeah, uh, it was. Jamie no, was it, it it really was. Uh, and he was just, believe it or not, Jamie was just free flowing that. He didn't actually come up with it. That was, yeah, exactly. That's, that's <laughs> the most free, part. free show. No, it was all Jamie just shooting the breeze, but he, spot on. Yeah, absolutely. And that was pointed He's out. He's the type tonight. of player, if you saw today's game, the supporters will keep on supporting him for the plays he did right and the, the guys that are against him. I, like myself are going to keep on still bashing him for all the plays he did wrong. Yeah, no, exactly. Exactly. It seems there's, there's more of a polarizing uh, nature behind Cam Reddish now than there, there is about Christian Wood, you know, Gerald 21 minutes, his shot wasn't really good. Like for the first, I would say probably 15 minutes he was out there, but the last 40% of his minutes, you know, shot looked pretty good. I mean, you know, I, I'd like to see that field goal percentage up a little bit, but four of 11, two of five from three for him. I mean, that's, that's, that's pretty that's, good. Actually. That's pretty good for him. Actually. It's pretty decent. So, you know, he, he had, he had a slightly better performance uh, to, well, in the overall, in this game, you could say he had a slightly better impact than Christie did. Um, and those would probably be the two guys competing for that off guard spot. So, uh, I would say it's, you know, like you said, drilled with, with Cam Reddish, it's, you know, it's almost like 55, 60% the, 
what the hell are you doing out there? And then it's 35, 40%. Oh yeah. Okay. I can see, I can see why people are so fascinated with them, but see, a yeah. lot like SPJ. In yeah. Anyways. Very much so. Yeah. Almost a very good analogy there, Gerald, almost a similar uh, narrative. Polarizing. Behind, yeah. Very polarizing. So I want to ask you this, Joe. Well, I should ask, be asking you about Dave Roberts right about now and why isn't he still fired? But, uh, I, you know, because I guess it's already brought up in the chat. But when it comes to the Lakers, you know, they still have the depth. As you saw, they were competing with the Milwaukee Bucks for about three quarters uh, before they let it really get away. But that's because they had the rookies in there, again, for an extended amount. But so far this this exhibition season, I, I'm agreement with you. I really like what I see out of the front nine to ten guys in the rotation. I really like what I see. Yeah, I'm not really paying attention to the guys that aren't doing what apparently some think they should be doing. My only concern is the seven to eight man rotation that this team will have of NBA caliber players, NBA rotational type players. If Max Christie doesn't come through, if Cam Reddish doesn't come through, if Jackson Hayes doesn't come through, uh, heck, even in some cases, if for some reason Christian Wood doesn't come through, it doesn't really matter. Uh, the six to seven to eight players that I'm going to be looking at um, are going to be the guys that are going to make this team what it's supposed to be. And you know, everyone knows who those are. The guys that were signed in the offseason, guys like Austin Reeves, guys like Rui Hachimura, guys like Jared Vanderbilt, Torian Prince, Gabe Vincent, and then, of course, the rest. Um, and those are the guys that are equipped to depend on, to play their roles, to play what I'd like to see is championship basketball. Right now, I've seen a lot of evidence that this team is focused, it's ready, and they've executed the game plan the way they're supposed to. How that turns out, game one, game two, and so on, we'll, we're going to find out here in about a week and a half. But so far, from what I've seen, I'm very impressed and very happy. And if there are players that come out of the woodwork and help, cool. If they don't, I don't really give – I don't care. I'm not going to I'm not going to dwell on the nonsense like we have the last couple of years. I think it's I think I'm burnt out from it. I think we got tired I got tired of, of of having to go into every game worrying about a malcontent who didn't know how to play team basketball and how I kept hearing from every expert or anyone who thought that a Hall of Fame resume matters now yapping about how this player is not what we think he is, even though every time I saw him do anything, all I saw was L, 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 L. Results is what I look at. I don't care if you're a 20-time All-Star. If you suck now and we need to win now, it doesn't matter. We don't have that problem right now. Anyone who stinks right now, the way this team is constructed, is not going to play. And that's how it should be. If the Lakers want to do a buyout down the road, or if there's some opportunity to maybe get some next-level type role player that could really take you off, hey, cool. But 
The reality is right now, from what I've seen, these guys have enough depth, have enough youth, and have obviously enough star power to play the season out and have a really, really good chance at winning a championship. Now, as far as Dave Roberts, I'm going to keep this short because I don't want to get close to cursing right now. And <laughs> for those of you who don't know how managing baseball works, no one told Dave Roberts to start Clayton Kershaw to start game one. That is a Dave Roberts decision. If you don't believe me, go back to 2019, game five against the Washington uh, Nationals. Mr. Roberts puts in Kershaw, a known, probably the most known, the biggest choke artist in the in the in playoffs. Great in the regular season of his generation, no doubt. Beautiful man, beautiful family man, charity man. All just look. Everyone loves Clayton Kershaw. He's a good man. Okay, but the biggest choker. I have ever seen in the history of baseball in my time is Clayton Kershaw. And whenever you've decided to put Clayton Kershaw in there, except for one season that I can remember, and I'm not going to get into that either. He has always come up short in dramatic fashion. So Dave Roberts is one of the worst managers I've ever seen at being anything tactical and making the right decision at the right time. As a matter of fact, the one World Series that the Dodgers won, Kevin Cash pulled a Dave Roberts by moving Snell out in the sixth inning when he had only allowed two hits. And then, for those of you who know, saw what happened after that. I I am done with – I've been done with Dave Roberts since 2019. Anything that's happened since has been a nightmare um, other than the winning the World Series. But – course 60 game series 60 game season doesn't help how how that turned out in the end as well wasn't a full season but it is tiring to watch the same thing over and over again and not understanding that you need some something different to get out of this rut if you don't believe me just look at the texas rangers this year what happened when they brought in a competent manager what happened they actually started winning. And I know damn well Bruce Bochy is not. I mean, they're all analytical to some degree, but Bruce Bochy does make calls that are outside the analytical side. And look at what happened. Dusty Baker is the same way. And those guys seem to keep winning no matter what happens. And at this point, I'm I'm uh, I'm all but done with the Dodgers. I'm probably not even going to watch the regular season next year. This year, I said I wasn't going to watch as many regular seasons. I'll watch the playoffs, but boy, was that was that a mistake. The the Dodgers have won one playoff game after winning 211 games in two seasons. I want you to think about that for a second. They've won 211 games in two seasons and have won one playoff game in those two seasons. So don't tell me it wasn't Dave Roberts. You know why I, I blame Dave Roberts? Because it's been happening. It's been happening a lot. I can go to Rich Hill in 2018. I can go to Clayton Kershaw in 2019. I can go into so many things. Not taking out, you know, yeah, it's just not, it's not healthy. It's not healthy for you because I'm just going to get really angry and you're going to piss me off. So with that, I want to think about positive things. 
did really well in fantasy football this 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 week. Uh, so that was a good thing. And of course, uh, the Lakers are looking really, really good. I'm just crossing my fingers that everybody stays healthy and we can go get number 18 or at least compete for it. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Needing an edge for your fantasy football team? Listen to the guys at Inside Sports Fantasy Football for insight that will help you reach your league championship. That's Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Check it out today on your favorite podcast outlet. Once again, the Lakers do unfortunately lose 108 to 97. Zangerstein, the next game and final game of the exhibition season is on Thursday. Uh, it was uh, actually pointed out by Mr. Magic Man Sean Grice that he was following Jovan Buha. I know he's not exactly the most favored individual with some circles here at the Lakers uh, fast break chat room. But he did report that that Darvin Ham had made comments after the game that he's going to play the Lakers rotation for the first three quarters of the game coming up later this week. Your thoughts on if that's a wise move? I think it is just to get everybody, you know, working together and gelling together. Obviously, before the season starts, you want to get one last good run in. I think three quarters should be enough. Don't you, Z? Honestly, I think two quarters in Two quarters is enough. Just just the first half. Because you don't want any injuries or anything like that if they extend their play. But I forgot who is it against. Uh, for the upcoming game, uh, the final yeah. game. It's the Suns. Phoenix Suns, yes. Oh, it's the Suns. Oh, yeah. I think it's just the first half. I'm not sure what you can well, he do. He said when three quarters. He said three quarters. It'll be the regular rotation. Oh, he commented after tonight's game. Uh, if you check out Jovan Buha on, on Twitter, and he said and indicated that Coach Ham had said that the Lakers' regular rotation that you will see during the course, at least the start of the season, you will see in the first three quarters. Guys, I mean, you know, ladies and gentlemen, here before before you go on, uh, this is a great thing. Okay, if we're going to continue to worry about every little thing happening, then what is the What's the difference between them getting hurt now and getting hurt in game one? No, I'm yeah, just trying to that. ask. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's a great thing. I think Darvin Ham is, is really, really, really getting me even more excited in this in the sense of he's he knows what this team is. And he knows well, it's also – and it's also just, less than a week out from playing a game. So I'm sure he wants to get them as many uh, stress minutes against a really good team as possible. And Gerald yeah. – it, it's not as if it's not as if the Phoenix Suns roster is set either. They're still above uh, the roster limit here. They want to see what their uh, role players can do as well. So I think this is a really interesting uh, matchup headed into uh, the last preseason game because it's it, Gerald. As much as it is a preseason game, it's also a yardstick and a stepping stone. Yeah. It's a message sender. That's that's what I think why Joe and others, including myself, kind of like this by hand. It's it's sending a message. 
Well, that's what uh, I think that's... that also Milwaukee did today. But go ahead, go ahead, Z. Okay, I I think it's okay, but I don't want them to give all their cards because isn't it that Suns is the second game? Yes. Yeah. That's so correct. it's okay if it's just for them to run play some of their stuff and go on, but I don't want them to show their cards immediately because it's the second game anyway. But Z, Z, I, I think, Z, yeah, Z, I have a response to that and I'll let you, I'll let you continue. In basketball, it's not as scheme heavy as it is in, let's say, uh, like football. Uh, basketball is pretty simple. I don't think you really need much to know how AD and LeBron play. People know what the scheme is on, on their game. Now, I'm not saying it doesn't play a factor in terms of a scheme during the playoffs and how to run a pick and roll at certain times and how to set up rotations versus other teams. But I don't think we're going to get too much. I don't think we're going to give up too much uh, in the second game of the year. I think ultimately what's going to likely happen is we're going to see how this team plays when it's tired through an 82-game season and going into the playoffs then you can, you know, focus more on the fact that you don't want to give up too much. I just don't think that's going to be a problem. I think more than anything is by doing this, you set a precedent. You set a precedent that, guys, we're about to get ready to start a season where we're going to go after a championship. And I want you guys playing hard, playing well, and getting into that rhythm even before we start game one so that when you do start, you're not trying to catch up. If you notice in the NFL a lot of times because of the rules – uh, it takes a minute for teams, usually a week or two, to get acclimated with the speed because they put a cap on on practices during uh, mini camp, training camp. Basically, uh, the NFL basically tells guys when to go take a leak now. It's, that's how bad it is. And when you do that, you're not able to really condition yourself to the speed of the game. So this is going to be about the speed of the game and getting the guys speed and mindset ready to get in because we have to win game one or game two. We got to go one and one in these first two games. Otherwise it's just going to set things up in a negative way, especially with this, what have you done for me in the last 10 seconds lifestyle? They got to play well in these two games, these two first games, and they got to at least split it. And you also have to understand there's, there's more coming. This is a very difficult schedule to start the first month. And they're going to be at their freshest. So take advantage of it. Anything to yeah, come back on that, I, I agree. I agree on that part. Because it's the same. I mean, everyone's playing pick and rolls anyway. So maybe I'm I'm looking forward to how DLO is going to keep on doing the some of the little defensive things that he's doing. Because he's been reading the defense quite better than even last year. He's actually good in the little things. It's like when Mark Gasol was here and he's like blocking on down low, not above, but down low, using just his length and his hands and the reads. I think Dilo can do that. I'm not just sure if he's okay against Bill or if he is much better against um, the other one, Booker. Booker, yes. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how you're going to defend the trio of the Suns even in the first quarter. 
because I think the Suns always have their offense on the initial quarter. So I'm not sure how they're going to defend that. And that's what I'm looking forward to, I guess. But obviously, Joe has a point that, I mean, there's a one-week break. So better use LeBron and Austin more right now since it's the last game than look forward to the first game, the opening game of the season. Once again, the Lakers do lose 108 to 97. Make sure you join us on Thursday, playback.tv slash Lakers fast break at 7 p.m. for the game against the Suns in Palm Springs. Uh, I want to actually get it back to you, Magic Man, real quick uh, before we oh, go Wait, ahead. Gerald, wait, Gerald. Oh, of wait. Course the, I, just, I just read something, Tears of Joy. The Roosters are going to attack Ham. They're not- <laughs> They're not gonna. They're not gonna cry. They're gonna attack him. Yes, absolutely. Because we know how much you disapprove of the three guard rotation. Although I will say, we all know Ham has had a pension for it. And Magic Man and, and Joe, you can get on this too if you want. I don't mind it as much. I want to say this time around because if you go to if Christie ever pops. If he does pop, he's you're talking about six six, six six, and six five across the backcourt. Now, if Gabe Vincent's in there at six two, if you try to provide six two, six five for D'Lo and six six for Austin Reeves, or either which way around, either which way, so it's not exactly as good. But if Max Christie, I think, is the key. See, if Max Christie does pop, and Magic Man, let me bring you in here for this. If Max Christie, who today did okay. Didn't do bad, didn't do great, but he, you know, he, he did okay. Four of 10, 10 points, minus 11, though. I will say, though, that if he does ever get a chance to pop, if he does get the opportunity to play and he does play well, Sean, a three, co- you know, a three guard backcourt at times, six, 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 five, six, six, that's not as bad as, say, one with Gabe Vincent or what we had last year, my friend. Oh, no, not not at all, Gerald. Not at all, especially considering the fact that if that, uh, um, I mean, Phoenix would would prob would likely roll with a three guard lineup if that was the case too. Yeah. Uh, I I think they're gonna roll with uh, Beal Booker and uh, I, I'm surprised. I I would bring him off the bench, but it looks like they're gonna start Josh Koji. So if that's the case. Max Christie matches up size-wise pretty good with all three of those guys. Now, it's a different story when we get on the floor and, you know, we're asking Max Christie to possibly check Devin Booker instead of, you know, somebody like Jared Vanderbilt who held his own against him. I don't think Max Christie would have the same kind of um, success or confidence uh, in the same way that Vando had, Gerald. But if he pops... Confidence is a huge thing. He's going to get a test because he's going to be matched up against one of those three guys on Thursday. He is, and we'll see him probably in some uh, getting in some good minutes. Uh, if not in the first half, he'll probably get it by the time the fourth quarter. Well, and and, Ger- and and Gerald, let's let's also remember something here, um, and this is going to be interesting to watch. 
Other than Kevin Durant and Nurkic, you need to have some physicality in your starting lineup. So Beal, Booker, Okoji, three very physical guards. Like that's that's a matchup where the Lakers need very good guard play. Like it's it's imperative. If you don't have good guard play against the Suns, you don't match up well against them. So do you think the play of D'Angelo Russell, who has now emulated his game, according to his latest comments after Derek White, let me get to Joe on this one real quick. Uh, do you think D'Angelo can step it up to the point where he could be that consistent player and actually give you the kind of quality minutes against a superstar backcourt lineup like Booker and Beal that makes Reeves and Russell not that much of a mismatch after all. Well, the offensive rating right now between him and AD is number one. And his defense has been pretty good, actually, from some of the videos I've been he, watching. Yeah, he's been trying hard on defense. And but he's guarding, definitely- guarding the Devin Bookers, guarding a Damian Lillard who's – Damian Lillard looked like he was going half speed today. I'd say it's going to be much. It's going to be very difficult to play really, really well against those type of guys. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't demand Russell Westbrook to play like this against those guys, game in and game out. That's not really. That's not. That's that's just not. You're, you're not being realistic in terms of an effectiveness. From from D'Angelo Russell, if you do it in in spots, yes. If you do it against uh, players that are not as good as D'Angelo Russell on a consistent basis, yes. We're just gonna have to we're gonna have to pick our spots. That's something that you have to understand. Where we have to be good at, no matter who we play, is taking advantage of the stars that you have, taking advantage of. What LeBron does well, opening the lane, making sure he's got passing lanes, making sure he's got people open the corners and making sure you make those shots. If Torian Prince makes those corner shots on a, on a regular basis, LeBron James is going to be an extremely dangerous player again. And then Anthony Davis doing what he was doing today on defense, and he was actually getting the ball down on the block a little bit more than I'm used to seeing him. You're not – and he didn't get like three calls – in this game that should have been fouls and he'll usually get those calls by the way he does get to the line a lot i all i'm all i'm focused on is the fact that this team has chemistry this team has good ball movement and they have the right players to play a lebron centric offense and anthony davis being anthony davis he can adapt to any kind of offense he can adapt to any kind of defense because that's why he's anthony davis he's a freakish athlete he's a talented athlete the only thing that's held him back is his maybe his aggressiveness isn't what we wish he would be and you know there's been issues with some some injuries but when he's on and he's playing he can play any kind of offense in any kind of defense and that's not something anyone can do in the nba and these guys are helping that these role players that they've acquired and traded for and signed have shown that they look like that's what they're going to do. And we're going to find out against Denver, against Phoenix very quickly, because if this looks like Darvin Ham is not messing around, I am, it's probably why I'm excited. I'm excited because I'm seeing Darvin Ham do some things that 
that I wanted him to do. Be aggressive. Don't be afraid. Play. And he's doing that. He's 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 guiding him that way. Because I believe if that's going to be the case, I don't see how they're not going to play well. I don't see how. The only reason why they won't play well is if LeBron is out for an extended period of time or AD's out for an extended period of time. That's the bottom line. If D'Angelo gets injured and is gone for a week, we can maintain that, i.e. Gabe Vincent, right? Guys like Torian Prince, if they're going to continue to surprise us with how good they're playing, that becomes a huge plus. And then you have Austin Reeves and Rui Hachimura. I mean, you, you got the depth, guys. You can adapt to those things, and it looks like they are. Just keep AD and LeBron healthy, and I think we're going to be fine. So let me ask you this. I'll bring it to you, Match Man. And then, Z, I want your thoughts on the WNBA Finals. And then also, if you wanted any extra thoughts on the Lakers as well. Uh, but, Magic Man, I want to hit you up with this question because you've been very uh, just on top of what the, the chat room, the best Lakers chat room that's out there, Lakers Fast Break, both here and on our playback, playback.tv slash Lakers Fast Break. When it comes to LeBron James, I know Alan and others have said and intimated that you know what? The team seems to play better a lot this exhibition season without LeBron. And uh, you know, there are reasons for that, I think. I think LeBron is just, I don't want to say he's half-assing it, but he's going into cruise control. You can tell. You can see. I understand that he's been there at times where, the, like Joe said, the ball has moved freely and moved well, and he's been a part of that. But I also understand that I don't think he's giving you everything that he needs to give you at this point in time. He's just trying to get himself in enough shape that he's getting ready for the season. I think that even though he is 38 turning 39 here in a couple months, I still think he has a lot more left to give. And at times he's had some very small bursts to show, I think, enough to me that I think he's, I don't want to say he's 100%, but it's about as good as he can be for how many umpteen million minutes he's played, you know, across the NBA. So your thoughts, my friend, on, as I unclick you here, your thoughts on LeBron James, are you concerned about him going into the season? Or do you, like me, think, you know what? I just don't think I've seen anything that worries me because I think he's just not been showing off too much. I think he's just getting ready for the regular season. Yeah, I, I think uh, I think he's getting ready for the regular season as well, Gerald. Um, I I don't really have anything to add um, there. You because right. it has been a concern. I know Alan and others have, have talked about how the I know and I, they're right. It has he has it has looked better without him for quite quite a bit, but I think that's just by design. I know he can make he can almost make it cruise control seem like he's not given a you know what but yes. he's on cruise control he has a hundred percent and I don't like as far as as far as the team playing better with him being on the on the bench it's a good thing it's a good thing I haven't really talked about that at all until uh, but last Cartier watching all that on the yeah. side. Yeah, you know, that was an interest. Fashion is always interesting to me, Gerald. You know, you're going to wear, you know, a $50 Reebok sweater with a 75K watch. Uh, kind of, cla- man, is classy, but class it up a little bit. Class it up. Come on. Need to. Uh, I don't know. Again, that's that. I thought he was with Nike, but, you know, Reebok, okay. What have you? But no, I'm just, I, I didn't mean it literally again. No Take word. what I say seriously, not literally. Yes, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We'll do. We'll do. 
I'm going to take my Cartier watch and go home then. I'll be sure to do that, my friend. Uh, Gerald, you're, by the way, you're Gerald, as much as AD's mid-range shot is in uh, mid-season form, so is your snarkiness. It's there you go. Nice your filet mignon is still cooking, my friend. No worries. <laughs> no worries. Uh, what are you shaking the... your head at up there? Oh, my gosh. Just the utter nonsense of this conversation. Well, you provide most of it. But see, <laughs> let me ask you this. When it comes to, uh, before we I get into that's <laughs> when it comes to the, the Lakers. Sorrow, any last sorry, thoughts? Somebody on call nine one one. Sorrow needs uh Sorrow needs uh to go to the burn unit. <laughs> you were an EMT, so maybe you have to provide some you know, treat him. Might have been not. a spark from the fire. I don't think it was a burn. Oh all right. What have you? Uh, Z, any last thoughts on the Lakers game before we get to the WNBA Finals? As promised, we would go ahead and cover it with, with you on that. But any last thoughts on the Lakers before we head to the WNBA, my friend? I actually think that LeBron is going to play more off-ball based on what I saw. Even in the playoffs, he's been doing that because the two guards are well-equipped to make plays. I think LeBron, that's that was his goal. That was why Westbrook actually came to the Lakers because he wants a ball handler. And now that he got two ball handlers and Austin and Bilo, I think his off-ball plays are more equipped for this team. He can play off ball. He's a great cutter. I think that's the goal for him. But obviously, he can also make plays off the post. And because you have shooters, it's easier to make plays off ball for shooters from the post. It's like an in-out passing, something like that, that he doesn't have to drive. Those are, those are the things that I saw. Uh, yeah no great perception great thoughts absolutely and and before we head on out uh i do want to make sure that we give you plenty of time to talk about today's WNBA game also i know sean caught it as well uh when it comes to the WNBA finals the aces are still up here from las vegas at two games to one i uh, want to hear your thoughts on uh, what worked today for the new york liberty as they came uh, actually very much prepared uh to with a Nice victory today uh, over the Aces in New York. Uh, but Chelsea Gray, unfortunately for the Aces, suffered an injury in the third quarter. Uh, your thoughts on the WNBA Finals, Z, before we head on out? Okay, my thoughts. Um, I think because of the two blowouts by the Aces, people actually didn't see how Liberty actually was on point with their defense. Aces hit shots. That's what happened. It wasn't like the Liberty are not doing their defensive plays more. It's just that Aces hit their shots and the Liberty didn't. But today, on what I saw, it's, uh, for example, Jackie Young is missing a lot of shots. <laughs> She's missing a lot. It was, all, I think, for the four. Like the, the main four, only 
I think only Plum was the one hitting her shots. Mm-hmm. The the other three weren't hitting it. Even even Asia wasn't hitting her mid range shots, which are supposed to be buckets. She's hitting it at a sixty percent cliff. I think this season is like fifty plus percent. So that's bucket for her, but it wasn't going in. So sometimes it's just them hitting their shots. At the same time, I think UNESCO and Vanderstoot were more active on defense, maybe because of the crowd. I mean, it's a packed crowd. Like 17, it was sold out. I think two bowls are sold out. Unfortunately, the resellers were buying these tickets. They weren't able to resell it. Obviously, that's what happened. That's why you're seeing some empty seats. But according to the ticket, um, sell, the main ticket seller, it was sold out. Mm-hmm. That's what happened. But, well, again, um, getting yeah, back to the game it was, itself. Yeah. Um, also, at the same time, UNESCO was hitting her shot. Yeah. Vandersloot, that's what I was missing because I, was, I watched her game for a while. Mm-hmm. And I was confused why she's not taking her shots. Mm-hmm. But today, she was more active on hitting those mid-range jumpers that she has. I think it's just them more being active. Um, and the aces weren't hitting their shots. I mean, one there are like multiple plays, maybe like four or three plays wherein Jackie was open, like wide open. It's not going in. Those are the things that I saw earlier. Well, uh, game four is coming up here uh, with Chelsea Gray's status still in doubt. Uh, she did uh, unfortunately hurt her leg uh, in the third quarter. So hopefully we can get her return. And hopefully for my end, the Las Vegas Aces can go ahead and be able to pull it through. But Sean, a game four in New York. Uh, WNBA Finals, uh, getting a little bit more intense on that. Uh, your thoughts on the WNBA Finals before we head on out, my friend? Uh, yeah, Gerald, I was uh, doing a lot of moving this morning from about 7 a.m. to till noon. So uh, came home, was kind of tired, but I did watch. I uh, did get to see the first quarter, and I watched uh, the last eight minutes of the fourth. Uh, I don't really have anything to add. Uh, on to what uh, Z said, which was very spot on astute. I I just think that, uh, that like the pressure was on and Liberty needed to win that game, Gerald. I, I think it uh, it means something for the the WNBA as well. It, it uh, the drama continues for a few more days. Ultimately, I think the WNBA is wishing for a five game series here. Gerald. Oh, you know it, yeah. Especially with these two teams, uh, which is supposed to be the greatest. I agree. Uh, Yep, absolutely. Which is supposed to be the greatest matchup in WNBA history. So, so you know. I mean, the the Aces really knocked them knocked them in the in the face, Gerald, hard in that mm-hmm. second game. But they've rebounded. Now the chessboard is on Becky Hammond and the Aces to adjust. So I, I'm I'm rooting for a good game four. Uh, I you know what I'm I remain unaffiliated even though I was kind of. Kind of you picked the Liberty, my friend, along know, with Megan. I know you're going to let me hear about that. Eventually, more her than you, my friend. Yes, but uh, 
you know, I, a small a small part of me is just rooting for the Aces because of Gerald. Uh, I will say this though, I mean, the, the Liberty have been in a few finals, Gerald. They have never, they've yet to win it. They're, if they're going to win it, Gerald, they might as well do it against the best they're team stacked. ever. Yeah. yeah, they're stacked, and you know you can't get much more stacked than them. Both these teams are very stacked with great talent. So, go ahead, Z. I honestly think that the Liberty is actually more stacked than the Aces because Candace Parker was a huge part of their interior presence. Mm. If you, if if I remember their first game, because the the Liberty, their main style here, yes, their guards are good, right? But Jean-Claude Jones and Brianna Stewart are two huge people. So the Aces have a difficulty on rebounding against those two. So during the first game, I think earlier in the season when they first met, I saw that Parker is actually a matchup for Jean-Claude Jones okay. in a way, right? So when they lost her, they lost a huge part of their defense, not only their defense, but their offense because Stokes is not hitting anything at all. It was kind of wild that she hit two three-pointers in that game too. Well, I'm going to credit. only shooting. Well, I'm only shooting five trees in the entire season. Well, I'm going to credit <laughs> the uh, Liberty on their defense because they held the Aces to 33% shooting overall. Yes. 31% that's, that's behind amazing. the line. The rebounding was actually pretty even, 35 to 34. But yeah, absolutely. If the Liberty can play defense like this in the game four, then it's going back to Las Vegas. But if their defense falters at all, you could see the Aces take it in New York. But we'll see. It comes down It comes down to their two guards. Because yes. we know that UNESCO and Vandersloot, if both Jackie and if Plum and Jackie, Plum has been consistent, honestly, the entire playoffs. Mm -hmm. She's been really good. She's usually the one that is not, you know, um, that active. But if Jackie and Plum is hitting their shots, I don't think UNESCO and Vanderset are gonna are gonna keep up with them because Jackie, one of her plays is that if she hits a couple of outside shots, she's gonna take it to the bucket in okay. the next shot. Well, we'll tell you what, it's looking very interesting. Uh, they do get an extra day off, so hopefully. Gray can actually get her leg feeling a little bit better with that kind of time off. So we'll see, but her status remains un unclear going into Wednesday night's game. Hopefully people will catch it. Joe, any thoughts of the WNBA finals before we head on out? <laughs> this is when you can give me a no. And I think it's, you know, it's okay if you do. So. Let's not ask Joe. <laughs> no, I think that's why I want to ask Joe. This is sabotage. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't have anything to say about the WNBA final. No worries. No worries. I didn't think you do. No worries. Indeed. We'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Hey, Lakers fans. Looking for the best place to go for up-to-date news, information, original videos, articles, podcasts, 
opinion pieces, and discussions about the Los Angeles Lakers, well, look no further than Lakerholics.com. With a legion of followers always there talking about everything Lakers and the NBA, there's no better place to go to share your fandom as the team heads toward another championship run. So stop by and be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. Before we head on out, we will close out on some Laker talk, Joe, and I will hand it over to you, my friend. Again, your confidence is sky high when it concerns the Lakers, and I don't think that's unfounded at all. And I know that the next game is not till Thursday, and we're going to be providing shows each and every day on various subjects within the NBA and the Lakers, and hopefully uh, we can go ahead and talk more about that, about what the 15th spot, do they leave it open? Do they invest maybe in a Kai Jones or somebody else that's out there in free agent land or could be maybe being released here in the next few days? You know, there could be other things that we could be talking about this week as well when it concerns the Lakers heading into Thursday's game. But my friend, I will leave the last words with you. Your thoughts on the Lakers. Again, the confidence on the Lakers when they have everyone together, this first eight to nine players that we see coming in this rotation are really, really kind of cool, my friend. <laughs> the things Joe. I notice. <laughs> yes, the things you notice indeed. But uh, go ahead, Joe. Go ahead, Joe. Let, letting you close the show before we head out. Yes, I know the sash is, is blowing in the wind there. It's not on purpose, by the way. I'm trying to create an effect while we're talking. Okay. I'm sure that you guys know that that's not sitting there. That's not because of his hot air that, that you know, no, 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 no. It's expensive air that he's that he has to use. The Lakers are, I'd say, one of five teams that are likely going to win the title this year, and the, there are those who same clowns that thought that the 2019-2020 Laker team wouldn't even make the playoffs. Tom had made an interesting comment the last time I had discussed this. He goes, "How do how do I know what these people are saying? How, why are you how do I how do you I know if I'm not watching? I'm not watching. I didn't hear any of this. I don't deliberately watch the shows that I don't want to watch. I hear it, and in the internet age, in the social media age, it comes around. It pops up. You know, the algorithms do things right." I'm curious, what do the Lakers ball fans say? Are they as confident as you right now? Uh, they're pretty laid back bunch. I'd say I okay. probably the reason why I work very well there is they're they we all kind of share the same kind of idea on on what the team is and how it works. I I was on I was on there just shortly before I uh, before you guys finished. And they're very, very high on Tori and Prince at this moment, and just like we are. They're, they're good. They know their basketball. They know what's going on. They know who's what. I, I, I don't think it takes too much intelligence to that. I mean, it's obvious. But what, what I do want to continue to call out, and it doesn't mean I watch their shows or pay attention to them. That's not what I do. I don't, I don't watch first take. Like, I don't sit down and watch first take. I'm just using that as an example, by the way. I don't need to sit and watch first take to know what they're talking about. So most of these shows or these top tens or top one hundreds, you don't need to watch the show anymore. The information is out there and, it, and you can read it quick or click on it quick. So that's the advantage of having 
let's say, social media. That's one of the good things about social media and to be able to get information in different spots versus just the, the TV. If you had said this in the 90s, obviously it'd be a different story. But yeah. see, that's the point, guys. The point is, the reason why we are in this predicament is because everything is clickbait. Everything is to get your attention with trash because people generally like trash. They enjoy trash because their life is trash and they want to engulf into that trash. Uh, I don't. I actually like relevant information. I like smart things. Uh, but again, that's just me. So to end this, and I would probably have preferred to say this after the Phoenix game because that's the culmination of the preseason and, and, and the begin and the, the start of the beginning of the real season. I don't need to really go off of anybody's anything. I can criticize it. I could talk smack about it because I think it's important to make light of the stupidness of it so that people stop flying to the light like a moth. Fly here. Fly to our show. And not only will you get entertainment, you will also get legit information. That's not saying that we're going to be right. We have opinions. Hey, the team looks good. I think they're going to blow this team out. And all of a sudden, it's the reverse. Case in point, everyone thought the 49ers today were going to win by 80. What happened? If you all paid attention, you saw what happened. Still professional athletes, guys. Professional athletes with skill sets athletically that no one has on this planet other than this much. Okay? But... We are going to give you relevant information that's backed up by what we see. It's not about feelings. It's not a bit be, being being feeling a certain way or, or 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 having some kind of dislike or like. I told you that with the whole Dave Roberts thing and the Kershaw thing. Kershaw is one of the best men you can have for your league. Great ambassador, great player. Problem is he's very deficient in an area that's very important. And it still needs to be said. We do that here with the Lakers. You know, when you're not pulling your weight, especially if you're getting paid a certain amount of money, it's a detriment to the team. So all the talk about Reddish, when I heard Reddish, Cam Reddish, the first thought that went through my head is you're wasting time now, Gerald. Who gives a crap about Cam Reddish right now? Cam Reddish is a minimum player whom we already know who it is. If he comes up positive, great. If he doesn't, it doesn't affect the team. Christian Wood, in a lot of ways, is the same thing. He might help a little bit more than Cam because he is a big, he's a guy that can spread the floor, take up some of the minutes for AD so he doesn't have to play all the minutes. But the point is, these are minimum type players. They are not going to be a detriment. They will be a little bit of a nuisance if they don't come through, but they're not going to kill the team. The guy that killed the team last year was a guy that was making more money than LeBron James last year. That is when you can get upset and irritated and not happy. You see how that makes sense? Instead of happen to hear a bunch of yahoos who played in the NBA, who some are great, listening to their nonsense, talking about this is a... MVP, and this is a this, and this is a that. Yeah, we, we know that, okay? Shaq was an MVP. Shaq was the most dominant player on the planet. But if you put him on the team right now, how's he going to work out? We're not talking about what you did before. We're talking about now. 
We're talking about now and what the receipts say. The receipts say right now the Lakers are primed to make a run. And they're primed to make a run with the players that are getting paid the money, guys they got through free agency, the guys they re-signed, and the two superstars that they brought here to win championships. LeBron James and Anthony Davis were not brought to L.A. to make the playoffs. They were brought to win championships. They've done that once. They're one championship away from being Laker icons. They're going to be icons, but I mean the icon that I say. The ones I prefer, the ones I say are Laker icons. Because these days, you've seen how the Hall of Fame selection committees have been going on. Guys that I can't even figure out how the hell they made it. The Hall. I'm like, how are you? You're putting very good players in the Hall of Fame. As soon as you start doing that, the Hall of Fame loses all relevance. So that's the end. That's the button on, on that. I'm looking forward to the last preseason game, seeing how these guys play for the first three quarters. I have a good feeling that this preseason might end the way I wanted it. Remember I told you guys, if they play well and they go three and three, I'm going to be very happy. And it's looking like it's going that way. Once again, the Lakers do lose, unfortunately. Today, though, 108-97. to But we will be back tomorrow for more great Lakers fast break programming. It's Sean, Joe. Uh, I want to also give a big thank you to Z. She is all the way on the other side of the world from us in the Philippines. And we are just truly blessed and thankful for not only for her participation in her chat each and every time out, but for coming on the show today. Z. Uh, you know, actually, before I turn it over to you, see, Sean, any last thoughts, my friend, before we head on out? Absolutely. Um, I'm a very persistent person. That you are. Yes, I am. And uh, I will not stand for Zingerstein not being on this program just because Darvin Ham is stubborn enough, obstinate enough to use three guard lineups. I know drives are nuts. But I'm gonna be per- I'm gonna drive you nuts, Z, if you don't come on this show because Ham goes to a three guard lineup. Uh, again, if Christie blows up, that's different, I think, a little bit because of the height issue. But uh, yeah, obviously, if they put Vincent in there, and I have a feeling they will. Yeah, I have a, I have a feeling that uh, yeah. we're we're gonna be we're gonna be waiting to exhale and waiting for the pop for Christie. Well, we always say it on playback, my friend. Oh, Z's going to like this whenever we see the, the Vincent three-guard lineup out there, indeed. But Thank Zangers- you, Zangerstein. I really appreciate yes. you. And, uh, I, I, like, all kidding aside, you're uh, you're really important to us. So I Absolutely. really want you around. Absolutely. Great part of our Lakers Fast Break community. But, Zangerstein, any last thoughts before we head on out, Z? Yeah, thank you, Sean, Gerald, and Joe. I am going to cry if I saw a Trangor lineup. The Roosters are going to attack, but I'm going to cry because I can take it. I mean, even if it's Max Christie, I think it's still a deterrent since I think she, he is more like a two-guard to me than yes. a three-guard. So at, at the same time, it was like a waste of it was like a waste of resource that you have so many wings and you're not going to use it. Right. I mean, I mean, I think the reason why we only have one back, real one backup guard in Gabe is that they are like telling him, look, here are, here are the wings. 
because we saw what you're doing. So we're going to cut the guards. Here are the wings for you, which we have not had for like, what? I think for years, for ages. You don't have wings for ages. And now you're going to say that you're going to put a DLO game in Austin lineup. That's questionable to me. And I think the front office should step up and question that too. That's my opinion, because it's too small. Not to mention, Gabe can't guard everyone if both Dilo and Austin can't guard their man, especially against the likes of Phoenix or what else, Golden State. I, I, no, I think in Golden State, it's actually okay because they're also small. I think that's okay if it's Golden State. But you need to have runners there. But if it's against the, the wing size big or the nugget, I mean, you should use your talent. You have wings that are shooters and Rui and um, Torian. You have Max as your defender that you're building into becoming a three, I think that's a three and D guard. I think he's a three and D guard. That's my that's my take on Max. He's not a he's not a he's not a forward. Oh, we'll he, he can't what... guard bigger guys, in my opinion. He's he's still thin. Go ahead, Joe. Okay, guys, I'm gonna do a little teaser for everyone. Okay, you tease away. I want you guys <laughs> uh, when when the when the game is done uh, after when the last preseason game is done, we're gonna probably want to talk about. What lineups, what rotations we're likely going to have here uh, come the regular season? I want you guys to understand something here. That's why I've been reiterating it on every show. You have LeBron James, Anthony Davis, D'Angelo Russell, Rui Hachimura, Austin Reeves, Gabe Vincent, Jared Vanderbilt, Torian Prince, Christian Wood, Jackson Hayes, and then Max Christie, let's say. That's 11 players. 11. I haven't mentioned everyone, but that's the 11 players that we've discussed of being regular rotation players on this team. That's a lot of players, guys. This team is not going to play everyone. You're looking at an eight to nine man. That means two of those guys I mentioned are not going to play regular minutes, likely, unless somebody gets hurt. So if this team does not get hurt, you are looking at a lot of these guys that you think are going to play, you're going to be very disappointed. You're not going to get to play everyone. There's not enough minutes. So the tease is we are going to map out, or at least I will, the minutes. The minutes. How can you spread out those minutes to 8, 9, 11 players? We'll have that scale. So that will be happening after the Phoenix game, whether it's the show after or that weekend, or the games, or the the days before the regular season starts. So you'll, you'll, you're you're going to get a better understanding of the reality of this. Again, you hear me say the word reality because reality. I live in re- I live in reality. I don't live I don't live on a reality show. That's not a reality show. That's a jerk off show. I'm talking about reality in the real world. You know where where you don't do filters on your face like 99 percent of the women out there now. Everything's a filter. Because I don't want to look a certain way. 
we're real here. There's no filter on my camera. This is what I look like. So we are wanting to, we want expectations to make sense and be real. Minutes. Guys, this 40, ladies and gents, 48 minutes in a basketball game unless you go to overtime. And then when you go into overtime, usually the big dogs get those minutes anyway. So I'm not going to count those. Uh, unless they foul out, of course, which AD and LeBron don't tend to do that. Uh, but we're not going to have this we are the world type lineup. I mean, I guess if if it was that anomaly, sure. Uh, if you can get a guy that plays six minutes and hits five points, sure. But that doesn't happen, guys. That's not likely to happen. So we're going to talk more about that. That's the tease for, for, for I'd say, the next few days here after, after the last uh, – preseason game because I want everyone to understand what's really likely going to happen here as the season starts. Once again, the Lakers do unfortunately lose 108 to 97 to follow two and three in the exhibition season. But again, later this week, Thursday, they have a chance to do what Joe said and could have actually, and he did prognosticate uh, looking for a three and three exhibition season against the Suns at 7 p.m. Pacific on Thursday, playback.tv slash Lakers Fast Break. Looking forward to that, but also as well, what we're going to do for you this week as far as providing some good quality shows, as always, and our pointed opinion on the Lakers and the NBA. So definitely going to take some time to go ahead and hit up on each. Truly appreciate Magic Man, as always, heading up our playback.tv slash Lakers Fast Break coverage right there on playback.tv joe sorrow provided always some great commentary and some munching like myself during the course of that so cannot thank him enough to do so and a big shout out to z zangerstein for stopping by she is all the way in a much much different time zone from us and we are truly blessed to have her a part of what we do here at the lakers fast break so for joe sorrow Zangerstein, and Magic Man Sean Grice. It's me, Gerald Glasser. Thanks so much for watching and listening. We'll be back tomorrow to bring you more great coverage as only we can right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast.